chill and cold, drops of dew and flakes of snow, frost and cold, ice and sleet, glorify the Lord, praise him, and highly exalt him forever. Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And blessed be his kingdom, now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen.
the Lord splits the flames of fire, the voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul passed through the interior regions and came to Ephesus, where he found some disciples. He said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you became believers? They replied, No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then he said to them, Into what were, they, were you baptized? They answered, into John's baptism. Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Altogether, there were about 12 of them. The word of the Lord.
receiving the baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I'm not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. I'd like to invite children to come up front here and sit on the altar cushions for the children's sermon. You want to come down, any of you in the choir? So this day in the church year is the baptism of Christ. And 30 years have gone by very quickly from our Christmas celebration to today, when Jesus is a grown man of about 30 years old, and the gospel reading that we just heard told us how he was baptized in the River Jordan. He went out where John the Baptist, this bold preacher, prophet, was baptizing out in the Judean wilderness, and Jesus came out to the riverbank and he was baptized by John. He waded out into the water of the Jordan River, and John lowered him into the river's waters. And then there came a voice from heaven that said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. And something else happened. A dove came down a symbol of God's Holy Spirit. Now here at St. John's, we have baptisms, don't we? And in fact, we're going to have baptisms during this service next week and the week after that. What do you see when you have a baptism here at St. John's? What's involved? What have you seen happen? People go up. 
have water poured on their head in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. What else happens in a baptism? What do you see when this, we go back to that font back there? We don't have a river here. We have a font that has some, we, that's what we call that piece of furniture back there. That's like a tub. We pour water into it. And as you say, the child is brought over. Water is scooped up and poured on the child's head. What sometimes happens? What does the child sometimes do when that water gets on their head? Cry. They cry. Why, why do you think they cry? Because they don't like water getting in their eyes. No, they don't like the water getting in their eyes. And it, I think it takes them by surprise, too. They're not prepared for it. What? there came this voice that said, this is my son, the beloved. How do we do that in a baptism? Is there some way in which that happens in a baptism here at St. John's? Can you think of anything? Well, actually, the whole of the service where we name the child, we then claim that child as the child, the child of God. And we do that in the words that we say in the service. And finally, another thing that we do in a baptism here has a connection with Jesus' baptism. We don't actually see a, a dove of the Spirit flying around, but we do something to each child who is baptized that is a symbol of God's Spirit. What do you think it is? We put oil and a cross on their forehead. We put oil in the shape of a cross on each child's forehead. And the words that are said is, you are sealed by the Holy Spirit in baptism and marked as Christ's own forever. Now I have some oil here that is the same sort of oil that we're gonna use at the baptisms. Do you mind if I put some on your forehead? Yeah, of course not. Is that okay? Yeah, what if you hold the microphone while I do this? I want you to take a smell. It has this very sweet smell, like a resin, pine resin. So, you are sealed. say some things that you would otherwise say if you remember that you have a cross on your forehead. Yeah. Want to say something, Bobby? <laughs> uh -huh. 
So, this cross on your forehead, I want you to remember you have it there, even after you've washed it off. Because those who are baptized belong to Christ, and they are supposed to live as Christ would have them live. So thank you very much for your attention here this morning. And you can go back to where you're seated. Son, the beloved, 
With you I am well pleased. All of Jesus' life thereafter, his bold and authoritative teaching, his healing of the sick in body and soul, his journey up to Jerusalem and confrontation with the authorities there, his death upon the cross and his resurrection from the tomb, all have their origin in Jesus' baptism in the Jordan. The whole gospel story begins with Jesus' immersion in the river's flow. Jesus had always known that he was the son of Mary and Joseph. But since he was a boy, Jesus had a sense of a greater identity, an identity greater than just being the child of his parents. There are those words of surprise and rebuke. Mary and Joseph come to fetch Jesus home from the temple when he was 12 years old. Do you not know that I must be about my father's business? And over the subsequent years that Jesus spent in Nazareth, he seems to have come to a growing conviction that his identity could only be adequately expressed in relationship with the God he had come to know as Father. <coughs> Jesus' baptism in the Jordan confirmed that this conviction was true. Jesus' baptism also confirmed his sense of purpose. As God's beloved Son, Jesus was not only assured of his intimate connection with God, he was given a commission to act on God's behalf. The prophet said of God's chosen one that he would be a light to the nations, open the eyes of the blind, and bring out those who sit in darkness from their prisons. All that Jesus said and did following his baptism makes it clear that Jesus was intent on carrying out this divine mission, the healing and liberation of making whole a broken world. Jesus' baptism not only bestows Jesus' identity and purpose, it points to the source of his power. The Gospel tells us that as Jesus came up out of the water, the Holy Spirit came upon him like a dove, a sign that God was in Jesus, speaking and acting through him. What of our own baptism? Whether we waded out into a stream, or whether a bit of water was poured over our head, the water of baptism is the source of our identity, purpose, and power, as it was for Jesus. 
I'm moved by the story of a first grade teacher in an inner city school who is feeling frustrated and inadequate in her overwhelming job. And she was thinking of quitting when an unexpected revelation changed her mind. It happened when the woman who sat next to her in a night school class leaned over and said, say, I met one of your former students recently. I was waiting for the bus with a little girl who was waiting there too. The girl said that she was now in third grade and she liked her teacher. And then she opened her book bag and took a school photo from it and said, but this, this is the teacher that I really love. And it was you. All the way home that night, the child's words echoed in the teacher's mind and in her heart. And the next morning, she returned to her classroom and to her vocation with renewed commitment and enthusiasm. That small comment changed a life and changed the lives of all the children that the teacher taught in the years ahead. It was like the little stick that I threw into Sage Creek. I didn't know if it would get stuck a mile downstream or end up in the Gulf of Mexico. It just depended on how the currents flowed. I think that as Christians, we are called to keep on throwing out sticks, as it were, unsure of their destination, but trusting God to carry them where they can best be used. So we are called to support the missions of this parish, to give what we can in order that our children might learn the stories of our faith, and that children in Haiti might learn how to read. We are called to evangelize, to tell our belief in the good news of God's love for every one of us, so that those who mourn and those who feel like they don't matter will have their hearts uplifted and know that they do matter. We are called to build strong connections with our neighbors, to share our joys and our needs with them so that we can remember and give thanks for all our blessings and support each other in Christ's name. We are called to come to this Christian community Sunday after Sunday, even when it is freezing cold outside, because we need to build a firm foundation and not wait until calamity strikes. 
we are called to keep on throwing out sticks, speaking out against practices and policies and words that demean and damage God's children, because they are our brothers and sisters. We were called to do these things when we were baptized. Our baptism was more than a christening party with a fluffy dress and lace booties, a cake, and grandma and grandpa there for the day. Our baptism, like Jesus' baptism, gave us identity, purpose, and power, and the responsibility to behave as Christian people. On the next two Sundays at St. John's, we're going to see our newest Christians baptized. We'll watch them go to the farms and likely hear them fuss when they get splashed. And we will make promises. We will be asked, will all of you who witness these vows do all in your power to support this person in his or her life in Christ? And likely, we will say, we will. That commitment matters. Don't say it if you don't mean it. People are baptized into a community of faith because no one can be a Christian alone. And so we need to take that commitment seriously. And if we don't see the child in church, tell the parents that we miss them. We need to take that commitment seriously. Watch our language and watch our behavior and live like God is watching because God is. We need to act like Christians because we have received our identity as Christians. When I was first ordained, I became very aware of the collar around my neck. I was aware that I was publicly identified as a Christian, and that made a difference. It's hard to swoop your grocery cart to the head of the line when you are wearing a collar. <laughs> but you too have been marked as Christ's own forever. You too, like these children this morning, have had the cross of Jesus traced on your forehead right after the baptismal water was poured on you. You too have been given a mission to be Christ's hands and feet in the world. Christ has no hands or feet but ours.
separates light from dark and night from day as we follow in the steps of the first disciples, proclaiming the good news to God's loved, beloved people. God of love, speak to us. We pray for your church here and throughout the world, that through us your light will be magnified and shine into even the darkest places. We pray for Michael, our presiding bishop, Ian and Laura, our bishops, our clergy, and all who serve God in the church. God of love, speak to us. Holy Spirit, descend on us. We pray for Donald, our president, Daniel, our governor, and for all in positions of leadership and power that in the faces of those who they serve, especially the most vulnerable, they will see God's beloved ones and be inspired to work for dignity, justice, and compassion. God of love, speak to us. Holy Spirit, descend on us. We pray for those who are struggling through illness, addiction, grief, violence, isolation, poverty, and other hardships. We pray for relief for those suffering from the harsh wind weather and abundant resources for those providing help. Equip us to shine in your light, shine your light into the darkness of our neighbor's suffering. God of love, speak to us. Holy Spirit, descend on us. We pray for those who have begun this new year under the shadow of adversity especially for those on our prayer list and those whom we name now. We remember those who 
who have died, who live now in the light of your timeless grace. God of love, speak to us. Holy Spirit, descend on us. Loving God, creator of all that is good, send your Holy Spirit upon us to inspire us to do your work and remind us that we and all people are your beloved ones. We pray these prayers and those that have gone unspoken in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. And the peace of the Lord be always with you.
record a video for posterity, I'm sure. Uh, in honor of Martin Luther King's work for justice, uh, so come for that. Come early for church uh, at 9.30. And those of you who like jazz will be delighted to be here at 10.30 because we have the Hot Cat Jazz Band playing uh, the service music and hymns uh, for that service. And following the service next week, uh, we have a special coffee hour that will honor Buffy Check. Buffy Check and Colin Gillespie were the church wardens when I came to St. John's as interim rector. And uh, I could have done none, none of what we did without them. They, they really laid the sure foundation for the, the wonderful parish that St. John's is today. Buffy has moved south and she is coming back next week so that we can chat her and uh, give thanks for her work among us. And finally, I have a little travelogue for you. Uh, it's all the focus on baptism today. I want to tell you what it's like to go to the Jordan River, which is a pretty small, kind of muddy ground place because uh, people are constantly diverting water from it to grow crops. Uh, but the, the Israelis, and there are two, two ways you can enter the site of Jesus' baptism, one from the Israeli side and one from the Jordan side. And the Israelis are very nice about uh, uh, allowing people to go down a, a long drive off the main highway uh, to get to the river. But there are signs on that little driveway that I want to tell you about. Driving down the road and you turn, and the first sign says, Danger. The second sign says, uh, Israeli military installation. The next sign says, Minefield. Do not leave your vehicle. And the next sign says, uh, the last sign says, Minefield, Jesus' baptismal site. <laughs> but I think that it does tell us a little bit uh, about how seriously we can take baptism, uh, that uh, uh, God's presence with us in, in the midst of the minefields uh, of our lives. Uh, at the time of the communion, all are welcome to receive the sacrament because this is our one Lord's table. Those of you who wish to have prayers for healing, laying on hands, can go to the baptismal font uh, after the communion, and uh, someone is there to pray with you. And now let us all, with gladness, present the offerings and the oblations of our life and our labors to the Lord.
thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Because in the mystery of the Word made flesh, you have caused a new light to shine in our hearts, to give the knowledge of your glory in the face of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Therefore we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name.
Therefore, according to his command, O fathers, we remember his death. We proclaim his resurrection. We await his coming in glory. And we offer our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving to you, O Lord of all, presenting to you from your creation this bread and this wine. We pray you, gracious God, to send your Holy Spirit upon these gifts, that they may be the sacraments of the body and blood of Christ and his blood of the new covenant. Unite us to your Son in his sacrifice, that we may be acceptable to him, being sanctified by the Holy Spirit. In the fullness of time, put all things in subjection under your Christ, and bring us to that heavenly country where with all your saints we may enter the everlasting heritage of your sons and daughters, through Jesus Christ our Lord, the firstborn of all creation, the head of the church, and the author of our salvation. By him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. And now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our
Thank you. 